And trigger studios how are you feeling man i'm 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 just fine okay I'm a little rough around the edges uh <laughs> you'll you'll be a circle soon you'll be a circle soon well good morning everybody i'd like to extend my fists in welcoming you to the inaugural debut episode of lemon trigger the morning after okay you're you're welcoming me I'm welcoming the audience, oh, doofus. So I'm later then. You, uh, I'm uh, sorry. It's you're still... you don't come in now. Okay. Just wait. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I totally screwed up my intro, man. Um, let me go back. To, I, I'm gonna go back to this part. Debut episode of Lemon Trigger: The Morning After. Stuck the landing. The show of much more spuculous. I was about to say spuculous. (laughs) Spuculous, useless, much more useless speculation. I'm your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is my brotherly brother, Harrison. How are you, man? Most brotherly of all. Most brotherly of all the brother heathens that I have, um, that we have, because they're all our brothers. This show... In case uh, you might be completely unfamiliar, this is a bit confusing since this uh, podcast shares the title with another. This show is quite different from the Lemon Trigger that everybody has become so familiar with. It's becoming quite the popular show, and um, it's getting popular out there in America and some native African pygmy tribes. (laughs) And... Uh, this show is a little bit different. It's a weekly roundup of the most latest episodes of Lemon Trigger, the conversational podcast featuring Anthony and Mark. While they use their time pretty wastefully speculating on slightly deep absurdities hid behind various tidbits of pop culture, merchandise, and random mediocrities from other sources, we, on the other hand, dissect, analyze, and scrutinize the podcast itself. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time oh, yeah. doing this. I'm I can't excited. wait. Uh, we've got a lot of crazy stuff planned and coming up, and um, we hope that everybody will bear with us as we kind of get into the meat of this podcast. Um, but before we get in, we, we'd like to introduce someone very special here. Um, this is one way that this episode or this uh, podcast is a lot better. Yeah. Brace yourself. Brace yourselves. Here it comes. Here's, here it comes. It's a lot better. Um, and, and one reason it's better than the normal Levin Trigger um, classic flavor lemon trigger is that uh, we have our own bona fide sidekick, and his name is Commodore the Lion. How are you doing, Commodore? So, um, okay, okay, he's excited, he's, he's ready, ready he's glad to be here. Uh, just <laughs> maybe, maybe I should not have fed him that gazelle before I came on the program. <laughs> well, at least he won't be hungry, so we, we don't have to. Worry we don't have to break the program up to feed him. Yeah, um, Harrison, I just want to say I, I know I really appreciate you doing this with me, and I have a lot of fun talking to you as I always do. Um, we have a 
pretty extensive history. Um, so just quickly, tell us what you did this morning. Well, um, I uh, awoke to the sound of Commodore feeding on the gazelle. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> he, of that course, was... drug it under my bed, and uh, it was it, it just uh, flew my bed into the air. I, I landed on the wall. It was a mess. So it, not the most pleasant way to wake up. I'll say. Let's begin our roundups. Let's get into the roundups. All right, so the first roundup is taken from the first episode of Lemon Trigger. Um, our crew spotted something pretty interesting here. Uh, getting not too deep into the first episode, Mark begins to say this. One of the big uh, pluses to that is I can use my phone when I'm wearing my gloves. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I, I use my tongue for that while wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that brings up an interesting issue. Could one operate a cellular phone with his or her tongue. To get some greater insight into this matter, we consulted with quite the medic, quite the many medical professionals to get a, their take on it. The tongue, uh, it's a combination of several different, you know, sort of folds and, and arches of tissue that form the tongue. It's basically solid muscle. It's actually very sophisticated. It has all kinds of different functions, moves in all kinds of different directions. It's a very, very strong uh, muscle. So, you know, for speech, the tongue is absolutely critical in terms of, you know, where it contacts. It has to be able to move in all kinds of different directions. The front needs to contact the teeth and the palate. Uh, farther back, the, the tongue height and it controls the, the way you form different vowels and the rest of the whole vocal tract. It gains a lot of coordination and a lot of uh, uh, specialization. 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 That was Dr. Michael Stewart from the New York Presbyterian Hospital. He says that the tongue is one of the most dexterous muscles in the body. It's capable of so much more than just talking and tasting. So, is it possible to use the tongue to talk on a cell phone? Peter Reinhold, an onohinolaryngologist, I have no idea what that means, from Denver University, says that he's doubtful that it could be used. All these skeptics. Yeah, skeptics. Let's listen to what he had to say. Unless you could uh, design a, a special type of phone, uh, I don't really see it being feasible to operate or use text or what have you on your run-of-the-mill cell phone with, with your, just your tongue. Unless, of course, you could design a special type of cell phone. Are there any smartphone developers that are cashing in on the new saliva-filled wave of the future? That is where my money would be. If <laughs> That's where in that industry. If, if you were in that industry and you were an investment uh, or an investor, you're looking for somewhere to put all of that green. You would put it in tongue cell phone development absolutely absolutely that's where the future will be so we thought so too and we thought it'd be good to look into what cell phone developers are doing this so um we sat down for an interview with a developer one of the head developers at motorola to tell us about how they are developing their new smartphone technology all right well thank you so much for being here um if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself oh uh, yes my name is uh donald climate I'm the Chief Director of Development for the Motorola Corporation. 
Excellent. And uh, so what, what does that mean? What is your job here? Well, I oversee the design and development process of new mobile technologies, uh, particularly that of cell phones. I, I gathered as much. Um, so um, many leading medical professionals believe that a phone could be developed that uses your tongue instead of your fingers. Do you think that's feasible? Well, uh, yes, indeed I do, but I'm, I must say that I don't believe that much attention should be given to the opinions of medical professionals on this matter, as they have no real divested interest in the field of cell phone communications. So, uh, th this matter should be left to the professionals of those in the technological fields, such as in cell phone development. So, do you think that We'll have that kind of cell phone sometime in the future? Well, actually, yes, I do. But it won't be an entirely new cell phone, uh, per se. Uh, we've actually filed for patents for a new device, which is actually an accessory to your current cell phone. It uses a wireless communication field to, uh, to interface with your current cell phone. It is an apparatus that you would place inside your mouth and it would use uh, laser fields to uh, keep track of the motions of your tongue. And so you can use these various gestures of your tongue to access certain features on your cell phone as pre-programmed into the microchips of the apparatus. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Um, so let's say that I want to take a picture with the tongue technology? How would I do that? Well, uh, first of all, you would of course have to remove the phone from your pocket, uh, at which point you would turn it on. Then you could use the uh, tongue interface apparatus, or uh, TIA, as we are calling it in the laboratories. Uh, you would uh, use your tongue to perform a gesture. In this case, it would be to lick the top of your mouth three times, and this would launch the camera application. After which, you would use your tongue to point to the image on the screen that you would like, to, uh, that you would like for the camera to focus on. You could then use various gestures to control settings such as flash and white balance to achieve the optimum image using your camera. That, that's actually extremely intuitive. Okay, so let's say, I mean, a lot of smartphones let you view videos or they'll let you uh, browse the web. How would you access that? Well, um, as for the like the camera application, there would be a gesture that you would perform with your tongue. Uh, to launch the specific application of your choosing. Um, for instance, in order to launch the YouTube application, you would perform a French kiss in the air, and this would open up the YouTube application. Now, to enter text, as you would have to to search for a video, um, you would use your teeth as a keyboard. Uh, each tooth in your mouth would have a letter assigned to it, and you would touch each of your teeth, specifically the one that corresponds to the letter that you wish to type. 
you would then be able to type in complete sentences and search for the video of your choosing. Fascinating. Okay. So, um, how far along in development are you? Well, uh, as I mentioned before, we have filed for patents for this technology, and we actually have a completed TIA device. Uh, however, we have done a number of uh, health and safety trials on monkeys, but unfortunately, in all cases, the monkeys developed stage 4 brain cancer within the first three days of use. Uh, to compensate for this, we have lowered the power of the wireless transmitter inside the TIA, and this, uh, this was able to counteract the effects of uh, the brain cancer. Unfortunately, to make up for the low power of the wireless transmitter, you have to hold your phone directly up to your head in order to use the device. That is, uh, that's amazing. The future will be, uh, it's quite bright. It's going to be a bright shining light. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. That was Donald Kleiman, Chief Director of Development at Motorola. If you want to learn more about this and other subjects, please visit him or someone like him. What impossible adventure awaits us? Well, stay tuned for more Lemon Trick the morning after. one and alls that was a great first segment wasn't it yeah good way to christen our newly departured pod ship cast off voyage reckoner indeed indeed you know i've got i've got a good feeling about what we're doing here i think this is going to last for a very long time i think we've got a good formula down we've got some great plans for the future we've got some new for the love of all that is peaceful, Commodore, don't interrupt like that. So we're going to do another roundup. This is an interesting one. Yeah, no doubt. It fits in well with what we previously explored. Uh, but this has to do with something more defiant. Something uh, that Mark uh, Wilhelm said, I, I took it to be a, a bit more pronounced and defiant on this one. Yeah, uh, I, I would definitely agree with that. This uh, this roundup is taken from episode one. Yeah, yeah, and Tiji played a clip of an angry father who claims to have reported an internet crime to the cyber police. And I know who it's coming from because I've backtraced it. And I know who's emailing and who's doing it. And you'll be reported to the cyber police and the state police. And after playing the clip, Mark makes a remark. To, uh, <laughs> to my knowledge, there's no such thing as a cyber police. Like, uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> yes, Mark, you could be wrong. In fact, we here at The Morning After have done a bit of backtracing. And we know 
that there is, in fact, such a thing as a cyber police. Well, I'm a bit skeptical on this one, actually. You know, in our research for the show, uh, I took a flight out to D.C. and met up with uh, Jay Maddox, uh, as he and others claim is the chief consummate of the cyber police. Could, could we get a bit of that interview? Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's put it up there. Well, I'm here today with the uh, chief of the cyber police, Jay Maddox. Uh, well, thanks again for being here. I just wanted to... Yes, this is my office. Uh, I didn't, um, you know, thanks for doing this with us. Sure, sure, yeah. Now, many people are not aware of your department's existence within the federal cabinet. Uh, does that come as a surprise to you? Okay, so, uh, first I'd like to say that, uh, you need to keep your voice down because, uh, we don't really want people to hear this. Uh, yes, this is my department. Yes, it exists. Yes, I'm standing before you here today. Uh, but I don't really need everybody knowing about it. Uh, it's sort of like Big Brother, you know. Uh, see, I never knew my Big Brother, and I think he likes it like that. Yeah. It's probably better that way. Yeah, so, um, can you tell us about the function of your department? Uh, what's your jurisdiction? That's right, we do. Uh, we do have a jurisdiction. My department handles, uh, all illegal cyber activity cyber monitoring, and cyber law enforcement, and the arresting of cyber criminals. Yeah, what? So, uh... It's really... But so, what does that really mean? What does the modifier cyber really mean? I'd just like to say that that is extremely ignorant. But... And, uh, and first of all, uh, cyber means intra-computer. It's kind of like, uh, well, have you seen the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Um, have I... No, I, I haven't seen that. Star McMoranis. No, I just said I haven't seen that. You played Doc Helmet uh, in... Um, so, what's the point? Well, the point is in that movie, uh, Rick Moranis uh, used cyber technology to shrink his children. And so, that's essentially... Wait, wait. Technology is technology. Well, and there's nothing different about that. Well, I've never heard cyber used like that. Well, first of all, cyber is extremely advanced and difficult to define. And first of all, uh, it's a term that means... Uh, refers to interface with the dot-com world web. Uh, my department is responsible for all web activity that doesn't conform to the spirit of cyber law. But that doesn't answer... First of all, first of all, first of all, we are a government's way of making people feel safe. Even though the public is unaware of your department's existence? <sighs> first of all, um, have you ever gone on a website, say, uh, overstock.com, and even though it was your first time visiting there, you felt completely comfortable making a purchase there over the internets? Yeah. That's us. That's us at work. So maybe this will help us understand. What's your typical day on the job as chief consummate of the cyber police like for you? Uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Well, first of all, like most people, I wake up often very violently in a sweat. And I look over at the clock to see uh, what time it is, right? So then, uh, see, I keep this item on my person at all times. It's called, or I call it a totem. Uh, behaves in a certain way in uh, reality as opposed to my cyber reality and I'll just give it a twirl and I know that I'm me and I'm in my own reality. Okay, that's from Inception. No. 
No, it is not. Can can we just skip to when you clock in? Well, first of all, I, I don't clock in. Nobody knows uh, when to pay me. What? Hey, first of all, I enter cyberspace reality with my crew at about 4.30 a.m. every day. Goodness. <laughs> I bet you feel bad now, knowing what you make us do. Uh, so to wake up from being awake uh, so early, our team gets breakfast at the cyber cafe. <laughs> Good reference. I pick up a side of coffee and some uh, cyber donuts. Oh. And we just cruise on. And um, first of all, we check on overstock.com. Uh, we scan the facilities there. Uh, we pick up cyber traffickers at the borders. We throw them in, um, throw them, in them there out of there. So, yeah, we keep an eye on overstock.com. That's, uh, that's really our big one. Well, not well. first of all, uh, we know it's our duty, whether it be overstock.com or really anywhere to stop criminals in their tracks. Um, it's amazing and pitiable the kind of low life we encounter on a daily basis. I, I can't believe what I've run into within my 75-year career in the law. It'd make your head spin. You haven't been doing this for 70 years. Well, first of all, uh, 75 years. Okay, um, it's because cyber technology I've been able to live for this long, God bless. And uh, my point in talking, uh, talking up to bring my experience is uh, to inform you of the dangers that lurk, uh, lurk out there in the cyber world that we successfully ob- obliterate uh, every day in our lives. Um, Okay, we got everything here from uh, cyber gypsies, cyber pinheads, cyber dealers, cyber cryptos, cyber dope heads, cyber freelance jocksters, cyber... I, I don't even know what that is. Well, that's what I do what I do, son, to keep you away from the bad men. So, how does the cyber police bag criminals? Well, first of all, we don't bag them. Uh, we throw them on the pavement and tell them how disappointed we are in them. And uh, if they retaliate, we have the right bestowed upon us by the Supreme Court to engage an armed force and shoot that ignorant soul. If the uh, armed assault is ineffective, we just cuff them and get them in cyber prison. Cyber prison? Well, first of all, it's a cyber state penitentiary, and uh, that's what I do with people. Do you use a sort of vehicle to maneuver your squad? Well, first of all, yes, we do. Uh, they're called cyber mounties. That is what uh, we call mounted and thus more mobile cyber troops. Uh, cyber Mounties are cyber officers mounted um, upon You know what? Thank trolls. you for your time, troll. but uh, th- that's all we've got. So uh, thanks for being hey, here. Uh, you, Harrison, you're always welcome here inside the walls of the Cyber Police Academy. Uh, yeah, this is a YMCA. That was Chief Jay Maddox of the Cyber Police. Thanks to Harrison for that great inter- interview uh, with Jay. Harrison, can you even imagine what the future holds for cyber technology? Yes, I can. Well, that's our show, folks. We'd like to thank Killjoy Productions and all their subsidiaries who we do not have time to thank. And we're going to be heading off into the sunrise. How about it? Take it away, Paul Harvey. <laughs> Paul Harvey. Good day.